0: Go. Yeah. sin city nothing personal word of the day it is wednesday june 14th 2023 vegas baby boy i love vegas i've been going to vegas since i was 21 years old no sports teams, no nothing. You went there for complete debauchery. You went there. You gambled. You went to clubs. Walked the strip. Maybe went to Eminem World. Got some candy. Had a bagel. Went to see the Eiffel Tower, the Luxor. Took a gondola ride. It was like a carnival. It's like Disney World for adults. And then they said, "But you can live here." Seems like Bugsy didn't have that in mind, but. People live there. Hey, you're living here. You need a grocery store. You need a massage envy. You're going to need some sports teams. So wouldn't you know it, Vegas got a couple sports teams, brought in the Las Vegas Golden Knights, an NHL team. Of all the leagues to go to Vegas first, it ended up being hockey. Football followed, WNBA, baseball, so much to talk about. Let's start with the Stanley Cup. Let's start not in Carson City, but I have a lot to say about Carson City. Let's not start in Oakland with the reverse boycott because we're going to get to that. Everything revolved around Vegas, as it should. We're going to start with the Stanley Cup because an expansion team winning is very difficult. Vegas was an expansion team. It was not a relocated team the way you staff your team is with an expansion draft. The expansion draft is supposed to make you able to field a team that can be decent, but not good enough to beat the existing teams because existing owners have zero interest in losing to expansion owners. They want the expansion owners to go through years of frustration, years of turmoil, just like they've had to go through. It's not like you can walk in and just win a championship. So the rule is in baseball and every other sport is you get to protect a certain number of players. And then the expansion draft happens. The Marlins expansion draft was a big thing. The Rockies had one, the Diamondbacks, the Tampa Bay Rays. It's not supposed to lead to a World Series as quickly as the Marlins got one in 97 certainly not two within the first 10 years the way the Marlins did when they won in 3 Diamondbacks got one in one Rockies have not. Rays have not. So Vegas goes, and the Florida Panthers, who have not had much success at all, 1996, they got swept in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that was it. They go through the expansion draft, and they forget to protect. They forgot. Now, did they forget, really? There's a guy named Jonathan... Marcheseau. If you don't know him, that's okay. But he was a Panther who was part of the expansion and joined the Vegas Knights, one of the original Vegas Knights. It's like one of the original Rockford Peaches. He goes to Vegas, they get to the Stanley Cup, year one, I believe. They've been to the playoffs, not last year, but they've been very successful. A guy named Bill Foley spends $500 million on an expansion fee for the NHL. Just imagine what the expansion fee will be in in baseball. Spends $500 million. They play in the T-Mobile Arena right in downtown Vegas, not in downtown, right on the Strip in Vegas. Great located, just everyone fell in love with it. Friends of mine out there bought season tickets who were not hockey fans at all, but they wanted to support a professional team in the place where they lived because they thought it would be additive to their community. Shocking, sports is additive. So the Vegas Knights start the Stanley Cup against the Florida Panthers. South Florida was the epicenter of the sports universe with the heat, with the Panthers, making it all the way to the finals as eight seeds. The Panthers take the ice last night in Vegas down 3-1 and it was an absolute ass kicking. It was a blowout. It was a celebration. I was on the phone, both texting and FaceTiming with a friend of mine who was at the game with her husband. And they were asking me about how to react. They're going to a possible clinching game. What's the emotion? Do you start celebrating before the game is over? Are we gonna go out after? Are we gonna rush the ice? Are we gonna stay there for the celebration? And all I said is, The only thing that matters when you are able once in your life to attend a clinching championship game at home, you have to be as present as you can be. Stop posting on Instagram, stop taking photos, just watch the game and realize that you have a chance to do something that may never happen again in your entire life. So cut to The game was such a blowout that once it was two to one and it was close in the second period, and then it was a blowout immediately within two minutes, the people in Vegas had an hour to an hour and a half to celebrate. And I got awfully excited at the possibility of what it means when a team that is an expansion team can win it all, what it means for their revenue, what it means for the value of their team. They show Bill Foley, the owner, who had predicted when he got the expansion team that they would win a cup in six years. He did a Steve Cohn, and it actually happened. Not like Steve Cohn, where it's not going to happen. He said Stanley Cup in six years. This was year six, and they were hoisting the cup. I have an idea that I wanted to run by you before I finish my thought on the end of the hockey season. I don't know that... uh, you will read a lot of articles. People will talk about Vegas as a sports city. They'll talk about they can absolutely handle another professional sports team. They've got the, the Raiders, they've got the Aces, they've got the Golden Knights. And if they get the A's, that's four, no problem. People don't realize that the community in Las Vegas, is a lot like Miami in that during the summer, it's very difficult to do anything because it's so hot that people who live in vegas don't often come to the strip it's sort of like living in new york and going to the statue of liberty when friends come to town you do it but the majority of people who live in henderson or live in the outskirts of vegas they don't go downtown or they don't go to the strip winning this stanley cup does not do anything to change the demographics in vegas it doesn't do anything to change the median income in vegas It does something to change the value of the Golden Knights for sure. But other than that, nothing. People get fooled by sports, fooled by winning in sports. It is the strangest thing that you can believe something that's completely untrue only because of a moment in time. You don't need economic analysis. You don't need rationality. You need emotion and people wonder why I don't wanna be emotional when running a team. It's because it leads to bad decisions. It leads to thinking that something's true like a mirage, like you're in the desert and there's the Stanley Cup and that means that there's gonna be green grass and it's gonna be amazing. And it turns out it's just desert. Any decisions made by any politicians in Nevada Coinciding with your belief about your town and your city because of the success of the Golden Knights is a surefire failure. Yes, I am talking about what happened in Carson City. But before I get there, I was watching their player Stone about a hat trick. In hockey, there's something when you score three goals, it's called the hat trick. And is it called the hat trick in bowling when you get three strikes in a row? I think it may be called a turkey actually. But in any case, a hat trick after a hat trick, everyone throws their hats on the ice and the game got stopped and it's literally their hats. They take their hat off and you throw it on the ice. So all these people come to a game with a hat. And if by chance somebody on the home team scores a hat trick, you lose your hat. I have a sponsorship idea and I don't know why it hasn't happened. So to the Golden Knights and to every other hockey team, here it is free of charge from the Coca and Sampson Economic Impact Firm and the misogynistic investigation firm. Have 36,000 hats on property at all times. Have it sponsored. I've done this. You can get a hat sponsorship every single year. You can do a hat giveaway and get it sponsored. Piece of cake, no problem. For when there's a hat trick, you can then, there's plenty of time, even if it's right at the end of the game, you can get boxes of the giveaways to all of the exits and give a sponsored hat to every single fan. It's hockey, it's 18,000 hats. It's not like it's baseball where you could have 30,000 hats or 40,000 hats. Cause then people, when they throw their hats, at least when they leave, you give one, you get one and it could say Vegas with the sponsor's name on the side. I just kept thinking of all those people and what were they doing with those vats of hats? I mean, other than giving them to the Dr. Seuss Museum, I assume they give them to shelters or maybe they go to Carson City as part of the bill to make sure that homelessness is taken care of in Vegas, which I'm not sure that's ever gonna happen because leaving Las Vegas. So congratulations to the Golden Knights. That's the end of a very exciting hockey season I love the Stanley Cup presentation. I love the Gary Bettman. I don't know why everyone boo's commissioners. Gary Bettman comes onto the ice and he gives the Stanley Cup to the captain. Everyone gets to skate around with it for a few seconds. Everyone's kissing it, which I found gross because I did notice that people were kissing it in the same place. So by the transitive property of kissing, it's just a germ festival. But these people and their playoff beards and that moment I didn't see any Jokic's there. It felt like those guys really were excited. Not that, hey, my job's done, I'm ready to go home. Can we just mention, Koka, it's off the subject. I don't know if we have time. Is there any funnier superstar than Nikola Jokic? We talked about him yesterday with the Denver Nuggets. He had even better quotes. He wants to go home. He's done, it's just a job. I'm sorry, but your sports heroes, many of them don't love sports. Is it bad that Derek Jeter didn't like baseball? No, who cares? He's good at what he does, he wins rings. Do you love going to your job every day? When you go to a barbecue for Father's Day on Sunday, if you're lucky enough to have a father or be a father, or if that's what you wanna be lucky enough for? Do you say, God, I can't wait for Monday. I'm gonna go back and do my job. These athletes, they show up every day, baseball especially. You're working out, you're batting practice, you have a game. For many of them, it's just a job without even an off day. Jokic asking his owner for a private plane back to Serbia. That was funny though. So congratulations to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. You are Stanley Cup champions. So meanwhile, about 400 miles away in Carson City. And every time I say Carson City, I keep thinking of the uh, Music Man, which has nothing to do with Carson City. It's, wait, Coca. Can we stop the show for one second? I mean, not really stop the show because I know we're live on YouTube. Nothing personal with David Sampson. What is the Music Man? Where does that take place? Is it Carson City, Missouri? Or is it Music City? The T, Trouble. Could someone please get into my DMs while you can and let me know what that is because I'm having a moment and Coke is not helping me at all because my guess is he hasn't seen The Music Man, which is amazing because he's so well read, reads a book a week practically, but just doesn't like Broadway, I guess. All right, let's talk about what happened 400 miles away in Carson City, because it was crazy. You've got the Golden Knights trying to win a Stanley Cup, and then you've got a special session going on in Carson City at 250K a day, where they were trying to pass Senate Bill 1, which was funding, public funding, for a Major League Baseball ballpark. And it put the C in cluster. I've told you in previous episodes, go back and listen, what goes on when you're trying to get state money, how the negotiation goes with the lawmakers. I've told you how it goes locally as well, that you've got to horse trade. You are counting votes. Oh, it was Gary, Indiana? Did you get that from like AI or something? Or did you Google Music Man? Is it really Gary Indiana? It really could be actually. But isn't one of the songs I've got a. He was selling instruments. Whatever. Can we move on? I'm moving on. It's fine, Coca. Okay. I, I, it's fine. Oh, River City. It's definitely River City. It's River City, Iowa. You can, you can wipe everything else away. when when we release this for the podcast. All right, ready, I'll give you a clean one. Four, six, nine. So in Carson City, Nevada, there is horse trading going on. Horse trading is when lobbyists speak to lawmakers and they say, what do we need to do to give you a yes? Tell me. And then we're gonna keep track of what we need to do and see if there's any conflict. If giving you a yes means a no for someone else. So we're gonna take our time, that's called the recess. And we're gonna keep track of everything because we can't meet together. That would violate the sunshine laws. You can't meet with groups of politicians, groups of legislators, one at a time. So you keep a piece of paper. I used to keep literally a piece of paper. I didn't do it on a phone. I did it on a piece of paper that I carried with me of who needed what to be a yes. Not bribery, not doing anything nefarious. Just what do you need? Oh, you want us to redo a park? Fine. You want us to list, you want an extra outfield wall sign for Omidate County? Fine. Let's keep track. So in Nevada, what's taken so much time is that the lawmakers were not exactly clear what they wanted. They needed political cover to vote yes on this public financing. And finally, yesterday, the Senate passed this legislation. But part of it, is that have you ever seen Schoolhouse Rock or have you ever read about bills where, or watched the West Wing where they'll say, we've got to trim the fat for this bill. Many bills in US Congress are as thick as thieves, right? They're inches thick. And often you don't even get enough time to read it. Most senators and congressmen, and they will deny this and I'm sorry, most do not read any of the bills they're voting on. They get it summarized by their staff. Query, do the staff read it? Probably. There are, it's the way owners are with collective bargaining agreements. Not one owner in baseball has read the collective bargaining agreement, not one. You can all lie, but not one of you has read the collective bargaining agreement cover to cover. We all read the memos, by the way, me included. We all read the memos, the summary memos, the deal point memos, although not everybody does, but the better ones do. Same with a bill. What it's called when there's fat on a bill is that things are put into a bill where if it's passed, that becomes law if the governor signs, and in it could be a bill to provide financing for a stadium and to provide money for homeless shelters, having nothing to do with the stadium or having something in there about infrastructure, something totally unrelated very bizarre right but that's part of the horse trade so guess what what they were negotiating in nevada were amendments one amendment was to add community benefits which is absolutely the greatest thing for teams because teams are always giving money back to the community under the theory they want to be good community partners and they want to be charitable but that's part of the cost of doing business. It's part of your budget. You do sales, marketing, payroll, giveaway. It is a big budget line item. Every team has a foundation, and I took our foundation seriously. I loved our foundation. But don't for a minute think that we were not going to do the foundation when we got a new state in Miami. Of course we were going to keep doing it. But we said to you during negotiation, we're not gonna do it at that level because we wanted to have it as a trade chip. So the A's were smart and said, oh, you want us to do more for the community? Fine, but then we're gonna need a yes for the public financing and the tax breaks. But it's what they'd have to do anyway. But politicians get to say, look what we did. So we would purposefully put in a bill were put in an agreement that we were only gonna be moderately good community partners. And then we would let the politicians take the microphone, spend 10 minutes saying how bad we were, and then say, if you want my vote, you're gonna have to double your community benefits. And we would say, no chance, we won't do that. And then we'd wink, call a recess, go to the back room and say, all right, fine. Are you a yes if we do that? And they say, oh, we're a yes, we'll do it. And then we say, we're a yes too. Then we go back from recess, we've got ourselves another yes vote and we're closer to getting the bill passed. But it was always the intention. But the politicians get the moment in the sun when they get to have a victory lap, look what I got. I got more for you. Then the politicians said, I know what else we want. We want a suite for the community. When you build a stadium, you have to reserve a suite and we're gonna use it for people who are underprivileged. Guess what? Marlins Park did that too. It's the original playbook. When you are doing, which God knows the A's have not done, when you are submitting your revenue projections to baseball, especially when you're trying to relocate and you are showing your stadium and how many seats and how many suites and what your revenue can be, which of course they haven't done because the math is totally ridiculous. 30,000 people, if they sell out, it's 2.4 million people. You can charge what you think you're going to charge, but it's absolute horse hockey. Whatever revenue you think you're going to have, cut it in half and then you're going to be lucky. Whatever attendance you think you're going to have, cut it by a third and then you can be lucky but when you're showing down to the detail of your suite revenue, you always plan for a revenue-less suite, which is what a community suite is. So they put that in. Then, just as a little screw you, they put in something totally unrelated to baseball about the monorail, something about the monorail and they wanted to make sure that it complied with state wage laws, something totally unrelated that the governor did not want, but they knew the governor wanted baseball. So the anti-baseball people put it in the bill and guess what? The bill passed. It's outstanding. But here is where I want to talk to you about relocation. Everybody is now writing that it's a done deal. My phone was texting off the hook, dinging off the hook, ding, you were wrong. All the TV stations I did and the radio, you were wrong. This is it. Now, this is official. The A's are moving to Vegas. Hold your Broncos. Not only does the Assembly need to pass this, which they will today in a special session, that doesn't mean that there is a done deal for the A's to move to Vegas. The A's have to present a stadium plan, a financing plan, a revenue plan. Even if baseball approves relocation, that's still not the end. The end comes with moving trucks. The end comes with shovels in the ground. The end comes with a press conference showing uniforms find me the leaked uniforms for the las vegas a's show me the copyright show me the domain name does someone have it anyone have www.lva or las vegas a's go search now go to go big daddy and get it done you've got this you're gonna hear a lot of stuff from the owners meetings today i'll translate all of it tomorrow But for all of the Oakland A's fans, and I don't mean the 20,000 people who went to the reverse boycott, for all the politicians, and I don't mean the ones who are trying to get the antitrust exemption taken away, for everybody in the community who believes that Oakland should stay in Oakland and that baseball in Vegas is not a fait accompli, you are still correct. This ball game is not over and it's not me doubling down trying to be right. It's not me, believe me, I know the way I am with accountability. I know I'm totally screwed if the A's move to Vegas because of the positions I've taken. And I know that I'll come clean when they do move and say I was wrong. I didn't realize this was their playbook. I can't believe how they screwed it up and still got to move. I can't believe the owners allowed John Fisher to move without a relocation fee. I can't believe that they're building a retractable roof stadium on nine acres. It can't fit. It's not gonna happen. Vegas has to go back. John Fisher has to go back to Bally's and get more acres. The financing plan that passed was for a stadium specifically in that spot. How do you fit a retractable roof facility on nine acres? Could someone tell me? Anybody? Could someone call up Populous in Kansas City? Get Earl Santee on the phone? If we could have used nine acres, believe me, the city would have only given us nine acres. Show me. I'm begging you. We are far, far from done with this story. I think we should take a break, Coca, because I want to give a break to people. I do want to review something, but before I do the review after the break, I want to talk about the reverse boycott and what happened in Oakland. Is that cool, Coca? All right. We will review the movie BlackBerry, which you asked me to watch, and we are gonna talk about the reverse boycott, but we're gonna do it in a different order when we come back. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet five bucks Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. I'm David Sampson with Matthew Coca live every day, 8 a.m. on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Also, the audio is available by 9.15 every morning. Thank you so much. We just got numbers in for the last couple of weeks. We continue to get bigger and bigger every single week. So thank you. Please keep telling your friends about it. So we told you what happened on the ice with the Vegas Golden Knights. Then we told you what was going on in Carson City. Now, let's tell you what was going on in Oakland. We had mentioned this reverse boycott, the concept that fans had to all go to an Oakland A's game on the same day. Randomly, they chose, and this is weeks ago, June 13th, 2023, against the Tampa Bay Rays. There's no irony in the fact that not only are the Rays the best team in baseball, but also the Rays have very low attendance, no new stadium, and they're example of an owner who's found a way to win with low payrolls. None of that's a coincidence. This reverse boycott got legs. They thought they'd get four or 5,000 people, they had t-shirts ready, they had a plan of action, and all of a sudden, it became a thing. I told you yesterday there would be not 20,000 people. I did it as an official wait to see, which I got wrong. I said attendance under 20, it was 27,759. Everyone had shirts or 7,000 of them or more had shirts that say sell. They had coordinated times to cheer or to chant or to be silent. It was a party. Was it a funeral? The fact that it happened on the same day, the same day that financing passed the Senate in Carson City, you have to feel for the people of Oakland. However, I would like to say something slightly unpopular. I knew all about this concept because in Montreal everyone would come to opening day and then the next day there would be 5000 people. In Oakland there's 5000 people, then there's 27000 people, and tonight there'll be 5000 people again. All of the people who want their team to stay, it would be nice if they would go to games more, it would be nice if they would buy season tickets. Because even 27,000 people in a reverse boycott, you need to average more to get to 2.5 million attendance to increase your revenue. And the reason Oakland got to where it got to is not just the fans, it's the overall revenue, the dilapidation of the stadium, which made it not fun to go to, They were not able to compete with other teams with new stadiums. The politicians were not aware that John Fisher would actually cut bait and leave. They took a chance and it's not over as I told you. It's just mostly over. But the opportunities for Oakland to do a deal with the A's, they existed, they still exist. The opportunity for fans to support the team, they existed, they still exist. The thing about the reverse boycott is that the owners' meetings happening in New York. It didn't even make the agenda. It's not a thing. It doesn't change anything about the revenue projections. It doesn't change anything about the need for a new stadium or how a stadium's gonna get financed. It doesn't do any. Theme financially. It was an emotional day in Oakland. Forget that the Oakland A's won their seventh game in a row. Forget the fact that the A's don't have the worst record in baseball anymore. Kansas City does. Forget that they beat the Tampa Bay Rays, the best team in baseball, in a great game two to one. None of it was relevant. If you want to get a team or keep a team the way you do it is not just by saying you support your team but it is by spending your discretionary income to go to games but also to make sure that your representatives are very clear as to what their job is if you're not in favor of public financing you are not going to have a team because there's public financing for every single team out there every team Every sport gets public financing to have that sport. The same way that there's public financing for museums, for parks, for convention centers, for all the things that make a community community. Either you're in or you're out. And if you're out, that's fine, but then don't pretend that you're in once it's too late. So I am not begrudging or criticizing what went on. I am merely telling you that its level of impact was de minimis. Doesn't mean it wasn't fun. Doesn't mean it wasn't sad. Doesn't mean it wasn't cool AF. But it does mean that it did matter. God, is that too harsh, Coca? Are you pissed? I know we're going to debrief after the show and Coca's going to say, Why did you have to do that? Why do you have to say to the fans that they don't matter? I'm not saying you don't matter. I'm giving you a roadmap to be more effective. Isn't that what people want? To be more effective? I would think, maybe not. Let's talk about effective. Let's talk about it. Thank you, movie recommendations. I don't know how you're gonna get them to me, but please get them to me. There's a way to get them to me. You can do it, I promise. Blackberry, it's a new movie on I think I saw it on Amazon for 6.99 for young people you may not remember but BlackBerry Research in Motion BlackBerry was this thing you could hold in your hand that had a keyboard where you could B R B. you could three letters where you could reach someone like a text message it was epic could do an email from your phone. It was crazy. The story of how this company started with Jay Baruchel from Tropic Thunder, and she's out of my league, playing the CEO, founder, and then co-CEO of BlackBerry. Jim Ball who is a name that you may know if you like hockey. Jim Ball is the guy who partnered up as, as co-CEO of BlackBerry And he so badly wanted to own a hockey team because he has a weird thing for Hamilton, Ontario. And he's tried to move a hockey team to Hamilton all the years back when I was in sports. He was trying to move the Penguins and a bunch of other teams by him and move them. That was his thing. He tried with the Penguins, he tried with the Coyotes, and he never succeeded because generally he's full of it. And he went about it completely incorrectly. And it was very funny in the movie showing this caricature of a guy, none of which is true. He didn't walk into Gary Bettman's office and curse him out. That doesn't happen. It doesn't, that's not real life, but it's good drama in a movie. But this guy was not a tech guy, he was a salesman. And he combined with Blackberry to make it a multi-billion dollar business. When I was at Morgan Stanley, we were trading this stock all the time and we were trading it up. It, It was a huge, huge market cap stock. They owned the cell phone market. If you had a cell phone, you had a BlackBerry. Then Steve Jobs comes out in 07 or 08 and says, listen, we have an idea. We're going to make an iPod. That's also a phone. And we said, that seems weird. Where's the keyboard? He said, don't worry. The keyboard's on your screen. We think you'd rather be walking around with a screen than a keyboard. And we said, but how do our fat thumbs do that? It's not going to work. We need the sound. We need the feel. People at BlackBerry said the iPhone is a fad. It's Mamba number five. It's Ganga style. Well, it turns out that the entire percentage of the cell phone market that BlackBerry now has, donut zero. BlackBerry is the story of the rise and fall of BlackBerry. It's fascinating. If you watch the movie and guess who ends up being the richest one, I'll laugh because I didn't see it coming and it's hilarious. And whether it's true or false, it just reminded me a little bit of the social network, but not as good, but it's still worth watching. So buying a hockey team is something that is, uh, people wanna buy sports teams. There's very few of them. And when you're an owner, you get to be cool. You get into restaurants. You get to have an asset that's gonna appreciate and you get to maybe win a championship. Not likely, but there's a possibility. There's a team in Canada called the Ottawa Senators. They were owned by an ogre named Eugene Melnick who passed away, I don't wish death on anybody. And the team is in the hands of his daughters and his daughters are selling the team. Ryan Reynolds was one of the people who was supposedly going to buy the team, but The Melnick daughters wanted a billion dollars. Gary Bettman wanted a billion dollars for a team that is not worth a billion dollars by any stretch. They need a new stadium. The market's not big enough. There is no financial justification for the Ottawa Senators to go for a billion dollars. Yesterday, it was announced that the Ottawa Senators are being sold for $950 million. However, that doesn't mean that the new owner, who's a guy named Michael Andlauer, that does not mean that he is writing a check for $950 million. I've told you once, I'll tell you twice. Not only are the Melnick daughters keeping 10% of the team, so that 950 goes immediately down to 855. But on top of that, there's debt on the team that the Melnicks had. So you have to pay all that debt back. So an actual check that Ann Lauer is writing is way less. The actual net money that the Melnicks are getting is way less. However, you get to write a story. You get to have PR that says, a hockey team in fricking Ottawa, I like Ottawa actually, went for $950 million. Can you imagine what Jimmy Dolan's doing right now? Or Bill Foley? Snoopy dance time. If the Ottawa Senators are worth close to a billion dollars, that means that Gary Bettman has done it. He has gotten franchise valuations over the B mark. This guy Lauer, owns part of the Montreal Canadiens. Hockey's like other sports, he's gonna have to sell his share of the Canadiens and then take over the Senators. And it's pretty cool. He released a statement. And when you are a new owner, You get some PR advice, you're told what to say. Some owners stick to it. Some get so egomaniacal they can't stick to it. Some start with the proclamations. We're gonna win a cup in six years. We're gonna win a World Series in three to five years. Hell yeah, we're gonna spend money. We're not gonna be doormats anymore, blah, blah, blah. Ann Lauer said, my family and I are very excited to be part of the Ottawa Senators Hockey Club i believe that the senators fan base is one of the most passionate in the league and i'm excited to take the franchise's success both on and off the ice to the next level here's a little nugget for you <laughs> don't hate me i'm big in canada now but anybody who follows hockey would tell you that the Iowa senators have not exactly been good on the ice. They had a better year last year. Their fan base is not what I would call the most passionate in the league. As a matter of fact, they spend half their time to figure out how to get people to come to games. It's not like it's St. Louis or Vegas or Chicago or New York. It's not even close, actually. So I wish Ann Lauer luck. I'm very happy for him. I already said that, Coca. I said that Bill Foley paid $500 million for expansion. Yeah. They can't hear you. Well, no, but it's a totally different thing. When you pay $500 million for an expansion, this is a good story you want to talk to Samson. When you pay $500 million for an expansion team, that's the fee just to get a team charter. Then you've got to build your organization. You have to hire people. You have to, you have you have to pay people. Then you have to start your minor league operation. You need a practice facility. Then you need to run your stadium where whether it's built publicly or privately, which T-Mobile was built publicly. So there's a huge, huge investment on top of the fee. That's why an expansion fee is so difficult to find. And MLB is trying to get a billion or $2 billion for expansion fees. On top of that, they have to get a ballpark built, a TV deal done, naming rights done, and build an entire minor league system. Very, very expensive. It's gonna be very difficult to find a group of owners for expansion. Baseball is gonna do it, but it's not gonna be a piece of cake. And when you spend $950 million or the equivalent of 950 for the senators, you already have the guts. It's like the difference in buying land versus buying a house. It's way easier to buy a house. It's there. You've got the guts. Okay, I'm moving on to nothing personal pick of the day. I've had it with the Mets. Do you think Steve Cohen watched the game last night? I think he went to the game. There was an owner's meeting Tuesday in New York. Hal Steinbrenner and Steve Cohen sitting near each other. Mets, Yankees, Subway Series. Max Scherzer on the mound against Luis Severino. Both teams needing their pitchers to do well. Me telling you that Scherzer is gonna pitch well. Three and a third, six runs. Max Scherzer's done. Go back to negotiating CBAs. Go find your agent Scott Boris and focus on the pitch clock. How about if you focus on being good? He can't. He's done. That'll do it. Scherzer lost to the Yankees. That wasn't even the biggest news of the day. The biggest news of the day was Drew Smith got himself suspended and Mets reliever is going to get 10 games for sticky stuff. That shirt, maybe the Mets didn't learn. Maybe Scherzer told Smith, hey, listen, I got a great idea. Not only do I have a way to get you suspended for 10 games, but I have a way to make it so you still suck. How about that? Drew Smith got ejected before he even threw a pitch for sticky stuff and then said, I spoke to an MLB official and they said, I don't see anything on your hand. Do you think the umpires We're going after Drew Smith or making up the fact that his hand was stickier, that he was violating the secret stuff rule. Do you think that's what MLB wanted on owner's meeting day? When it's in New York, when the owners are there, when it's Yankees Mets, it's the single last thing they would want. Here's what we're gonna do. Think Mike Hill went to the umpires pregame and said, I've got an idea. This is really gonna be smart. Let's get one of the Met relievers after Scherzer's out of the game in three and a third. after he's given up 11 runs in his last two starts with his 4.45 ERA. Let's pretend that one of the other Met players is sticky and let's kick him out. Because that will distract people from how bad the Mets are. So we're going to tell Steve Cohn that we're doing this for him because we love him so much for what he's done for the game. He's been so good for the game that we're going to reward him by covering up the fact that Scherzer sucks. It's the perfect plan. Let me hurry up and get that done. Would you people give me a break one time? Our other pick of the day, Golden Knights over the Panthers. How do we do there? I feel like we did great. That was a win. We're 93 and 92. All right. So the Mets lost. Now the Yankees who got called out. We're not gonna have time to talk about Hal Steinbrenner. I'm gonna wanna talk about that though, Coca. Can we put it in the show tomorrow? Hal Steinbrenner during these owners meetings has taken the podium and spoken to the press. And he has said some pretty interesting things about his players, which he doesn't do very often. He's so busy trying not to be his father that he's become not his father. We'll do that tomorrow, but tonight, Garrett Cole is going for the Yankees and he's only minus 110 over Verlander and the Mets. Without Drew Smith, nah, Drew Smith won't be suspended by them, but he he could be. The great Mets without Pete Alonso, but thank God they've got Justin Verlander, who is not Justin Verlander anymore. Justin Verlander is a shell of Justin Verlander. He's a number five starter. It turns out that you're paying $86 million to two back of the rotation guys, Steve. Way to go. You really nailed that one. You did save yourself the DeGrom money, I'll grant you that. But you pissed it away on Scherzer and DeGrom, on Scherzer and Verlander, and you're still stuck with them. But Cole minus 110, Cole who's in the running for Cy Young, Cole who's had an unbelievable season. What does that say about the Yankees hitting? Ugh but we're still taking the Yankees. Cole minus 110 and the Yankees over Verlander and the Mets is our pick of the day. It's been a heavy business show, lot going on in Vegas. Congratulations to the Golden Knights. You are Stanley Cup champions and you're about to do a lot of business because as much fun as it is to hoist the cup and kiss it and travel with it, you get to come into the office today, plan a parade and go cha-ching. Even when you win the Stanley Cup, it's just business. See you tomorrow. This is Nothing Personal.